Well, it was a huge weekend for the Dallas Stars. They captured their first division win of the season against their old rivals, the St. Louis Blues. And it was a game that was nothing short of spectacular. Today, we'll break down the entire game and talk about some other happenings within the Stars organization. All of this coming up on a Monday edition of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis. It is Monday, November 22nd, and you are locked on the Dallas Stars. And like I said at the the top of the show to open the show, it was a huge weekend for the Stars, a huge bounce back win, four to one over the rival St. Louis Blues at the American Airlines Center, Um, a game that felt like a very much uh, must win game for the Dallas Stars. And they came through in a huge way um, and bounced back and reclaimed some of the momentum that they had built from some of their previous games against Philadelphia and Detroit um, and are getting back to their winning ways. Um, Seemingly, they they still have some tough opponents ahead in the coming days, but they have taken the right step forward after um, a couple steps back on Thursday night in St. Paul against the Minnesota Wild. And today uh, we'll walk through some of that game, talk about some of the really, really good things that I liked because there was a lot to like from this game. Uh, Not a whole lot of negatives, but we will get to that in about the middle of the show. And then to close out the show, there's a, been a small roster adjustment and also just want to address um, a coach-sized elephant that is in the room that I haven't talked about on the show in a, in a few days, but I feel like it's still a looming topic, uh, whether people like it or not. But before we jump into everything, I do want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars. Whether you are a recurring listener or this is your first time here, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast at it's absolutely free 100 free to you and helps me and the locked on podcast network out a ton you can also subscribe to the show on youtube as well but without any further hesitation let's get right into uh saturday night's game against the st louis blues um and really the biggest takeaway from this game um that really anyone could have uh, come up with in their mind is uh, special teams were king for this entire game, not just for the stars because the St. Louis blues uh, lone goal came as a result of the power play, but St. Louis did not win this game. They only scored one goal. So Saturday night was not about the St. Louis blues. It was all about the stars. Three of Dallas's four goals came as a result of either the power play or the penalty kill. Of course, the uh, last goal of the game, was not on special teams. It was an empty netter from the captain, Jamie Ben. But other than that, every single goal scored by the Stars came as a result of special teams. And only one of those came on the power play, and two came from the penalty kill, courtesy of Rupe Hints with a little bit of help from his friend, Michael Raffle. Uh, Rupe definitely deserves a lot of credit and attention and obviously has garnered a lot of the attention for these goals, has played very, very well over the last several stretches of games ever since their game a few weeks ago against the Nashville Predators. But Michael Raffle deserves as much, if not more credit than Rupe Hintz on those goals because he made some fantastic plays uh, that that really, you know, helped 
produced those goals and obviously made those situations happen and put Dallas in a really nice position to win the game. Uh, so he deserves a lot of credit uh, just with his ability to, one, get a hold of the puck and get out of the zone cleanly and quickly and efficiently. Uh, those plays don't happen unless that happens. And obviously, Michael Raffle, very, very good at that. This is why he and Luke Glendening, uh, even though we got him from the Detroit Red Wings, this is why the Dallas Stars brought in a guy like Michael Raffle. Uh, they wanted his ability you know, on the penalty kill. Uh, you know, a guy that we've said several times on this show, just a sappy veteran who knows what he needs to do in order to make the right plays, knows how to make the right plays to make the smart decisions, whether that's positioning, passing. Uh, and we saw all of that on display um, in his two assists on the penalty kill shorthanded goals to Rupe Hintz. So obviously love to see that from Michael Raffle. Of course, he's not going to be a guy that's up a lot in the scoring sheet, especially with goals, but a guy that, you know, he's going to help make plays, whether they get recorded on the score sheet or not. Michael Raffle will make his impact felt on any game that he's in and any game that he is playing 100% at. Dallas is going to need a guy like him, especially if this team is able to make the playoffs. A guy like him on the roster will pay huge dividends for this Dallas Stars team. Rupe Hintz, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, he deserves a lot of credit for those goals as well. He's the first player under the Dallas Stars name to record two shorthanded goals in a single game. Three other guys within the franchise have done so, but all three instances were while the team was still under the name the Minnesota North Stars playing, of course, in Minnesota, not in Dallas, Texas, before the move in 1993. Bill Collins did it back in March of 1970 at Toronto. Dirk Graham did it back in November 1986 at St. Louis. So St. Louis has now seen this twice from the Dallas Stars. And Neil Broughton did it back in December of 1988 at Hartford. Uh, so, you know, a tough day to be the St. Louis Blues if you have uh, a lot of shorthanded goal opportunities for the opposition, obviously with Rupe and Dirk Graham in 1986. But Rupe was one only one goal shy of a shorthanded goal hat trick. That has only been done once in the NHL in history back in 1991. Theo Fleury of the Calgary Flames did it also against the Blues. So like I said, uh, you don't want your opposition to be on the penalty kill and have opportunities to score shorthanded goals if you are the St. Louis Blues because history has shown that that does not end well for that organization. But Dallas scored two shorthanded goals against one of the best power play units in the National Hockey League as of the time of the game and as of the time I'm recording this episode on Sunday night. St. Louis sits at third in the National Hockey League in power play percentage, and Dallas made that unit look lackluster. Even on the times that they weren't scoring shorthanded goals, Dallas held St. Louis to one of six on success rate on the power play, which was really, really impressive. So that's what I mean by, you know, special teams are king as Dallas was dominating with the power play, which we'll get to in just a second, but also on the penalty kill, both in their ability to score, but also just in their ability to kill the penalty in general and not give St. Louis too many opportunities to score outside of a fluky Brandon Saad goal in the middle of the second period that took a weird bounce off of Braden Holtby's pad and kind of over his helmet, over his shoulder, uh, similar to the goal that was scored at the end of the Minnesota game on Anton Hudobin. Very, very similar type of plays, kind of fluky. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Jake Gottinger in the next, next segment. But to wrap up this segment about the Dallas Stars special teams and their very, very special showcase, for lack of a better term, uh, the power play came to play as well, not just the penalty kill. Ryan Suter hits a shot from way downtown uh, from some Steph Curry range in the middle of the second period uh, to give Dallas 
at least one power play goal in seven of their last eight games. Dallas, as of right now, sits at fifth in power play percentage in the National Hockey League, and they'll be matching up with number one in power play percentage in the league on Tuesday whenever they match up with the Edmonton Oilers at the American Airlines Center. So all around, great effort from this Dallas Stars team on the special teams front. It truly made a difference. You hear it said all the time across hockey media that games are won and lost on special teams, and that was definitely the case on Saturday night. Dallas continues to show their effectiveness on the power play. The penalty kill seems to be taking some strides to improving. They've been very, very inconsistent on the penalty kill so far this season, and hopefully we will see you know that unit continue to improve uh, and we'll see you know the guys that need to be on the ice for the penalty kill that they'll be able to be on the ice and not sitting in the penalty box as time goes on. And that's going to be very, very huge, like I said, on Tuesday whenever the Oilers come to town because they have one of the best offenses and power plays in the entire National Hockey League. So the defense, the penalty kill unit will need to be on their A game if they want to get a win against Edmonton on Tuesday. Well, coming up next, we will take a deeper look at the game, talk about some other random storylines from Saturday's game, talk about Jake Ottinger a little bit, talk about penalties, uh, because that's apparently one of my favorite things to talk about on this show, because the stars love committing them some penalties. But before we do all that, I want to take a moment and say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's episode, and that is DirecTV. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means that no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Moving on to the next segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. I want to take a moment and talk about some other storylines and random takeaways from Saturday night's game. I feel like the obvious, the biggest storyline was special teams and Rupe Hintz and Michael Roffle on the penalty kill scoring some shorthanded goals. But that was really kind of the big takeaway, and I feel like everything else doesn't necessarily deserve it its own segment just because you can hit them pretty quick. But I do just kind of want to run through a few quick things, some takeaways from the game, mostly positive. But let's start with uh, the negative, something I feel like I'm talking about at the end of every game, uh, and that's penalties. Um, penalties are something that I feel like will be overall overlooked in this game and probably somewhat have been after, because this game, obviously, by the time you're hearing this, has been over for two days now. But with, without the help of Rupe Hintz and Michael Raffle on those shorthanded goals, uh, penalties could have cost Dallas this game potentially um, because they committed 12. They had 12 penalty minutes logged. Um, St. Louis had six opportunities on the power play. And like we said earlier, one of the best power play units in the NHL as of this point in the season. And, and penalties overall have just continued to be an issue for this team. You look at some of the guys on the roster that have accumulated the most penalty minutes. Yanni Hockenpah leads the team with 27 penalty minutes. Obviously not our premier defenseman, but a defenseman nonetheless, a very valuable position, especially uh, you know on the penalty kill. And just in general, you always need defensemen to be ready for anything at any moment in the game. Yanni Hockenpah, definitely not a guy you want to see with 27 penalty minutes. Jamie Benn, second on the team with 19. Uh, the captain of the team, not necessarily setting 
uh, the example or setting the bar very high for his teammates. Hopefully that's something we'll see cleaned up from the captain as time goes on. Roddick Fox, a guy that's very valuable to the penalty kill, especially in the faceoff circle, as is Jamie Benn as well. Roddick Fox has 15 penalty minutes. Ryan Suter has 10. Again, not the premier defenseman, uh, but you don't want to see guys like this have these kind of penalty minutes, especially Hawk and Paw with almost 30 on the season. Uh, it's so weird, though, because somehow Dallas as a team only ranks 19th in the league in penalty minutes per game with about eight, eight minutes and 48 seconds per game. And they're 23rd overall in the league in penalty minutes with 141 on the season. And this is one of those lists where you want to be lower on the list because that means your number is lower. It's not like a good statistic where you want to be higher on the list. So both of those lists, kind of weird to see Dallas so close to the bottom. Uh, I suppose that's just a matter of fact because Dallas's penalties have felt like more of an issue over these past several games rather than at the beginning of the season. I feel like they were a little more disciplined and played a little bit more cleanly when it came to penalties, giving teams less opportunities on the power play. But just to put it into perspective, Arizona is first win uh, penalty minutes throughout the season with 247 and the Los Angeles Kings are 32nd. So the best in the league at not surrendering penalty minutes with 112. So just an interesting stat that we see some of the guys have racked up a pretty healthy amount of penalty minutes for themselves individually, but as a team, the stars don't seem to be anywhere in concerning territory across the league. Uh, but of course, if we see, you know, nights like Saturday reappear and reshow themselves, uh, that could be a totally different talking point. But nonetheless, Dallas needs to find a way to to clean things up, especially against a good team like Edmonton. That'll be a great night to do it because you don't want to leave a team like that on the power play six times within a game. Uh, another typically forgotten reason uh, for any anyone in the hockey National Hockey League, but especially Saturday, uh, I feel like I didn't see it talked about too much. Maybe I just missed it. Uh, you know, on Twitter and articles or things like that. Um, but that was Dallas's performance in the faceoff circle. Dallas won 61% of their faceoffs in Saturday's game, which was huge. Roddick Foxa uh, had 56% on his faceoff percentage. Jamie Benn went 62%. Joe Pavelski, 60%. Rupe Hint, 60%. And Tyler Sagan at 75%. Um, all on their faceoff percentages. A very, very good night in the faceoff circle for the Dallas Stars. And that's huge. In any game, in any moment, in any situation uh, in the National Hockey League, but especially a team like Dallas, especially in the situations they were in, uh, you know, having to kill the penalty six times. Really, really nice to have guys that can win those faceoffs for you in the circle and, you know, clear the puck. Or even if you're on the power play, set your team up and get a good look on the net. And that's how we saw Ryan Suter score his power play goal to get the scoring started for the Stars. A win in the faceoff circle leads to a pass to Ryan Suter, and they score a power play goal five seconds in to the two minutes that they had for the power play. Super nice, super effective offense there. Uh, also just a sappy play from Suter um, on the shot on a goal where Jordan Bennington couldn't really see the full uh, sheet of ice in front of him with just the bodies flying around. But ultimately that that play resulted um, as of because of what happened in the faceoff circle. I'm not sure who was in the circle to start that play and who won that faceoff. Uh, but it's super nice to see and super encouraging to see. And Dallas needs to continue to keep that up. That's something that they've done so well so far this season. I've talked about it a few times, but their faceoffs continue to impress me. Uh, again, not the prettiest stat, not a stat that people are going to be talking about all the time. But anytime that the Dallas Stars are successful or winning games the way that they have over their past few wins, especially in regulation, you can probably look to the faceoff percentages. And that's going to be a huge testament as to why they've been so successful in some of their games. The last thing I want to talk about that I really, really liked from Saturday's game was the performance of Jake Ottinger. 
Uh, if you ask me, Jake Ottinger most definitely deserved a shutout. Like I said earlier, I think that goal from Brandon Saad of the Blues was a fluke. It was unfair. I feel like Ottinger played so well. He deserved to get the first Dallas Stars shutout of the season, but unfortunately uh, was kept from that by one goal. But definitely he he deserves to be the star of the game. I think he and Rupe Hintz earn a my star of the game. They both get to share it. They tie because they both played so very well. Jake Ottinger has been very, very impressive in his two games so far. I guess three if you want to count that little bit that he came in against Minnesota, but I don't think there was a shot on goal after he got put in that game. So we'll just talk about his game against Detroit and his game against St. Louis. But Jake has played very, very well, despite struggling at the AHL level earlier this season. So far, he's 2-0, and like I said, in his starts against Detroit and St. Louis. He has a .955 save percentage, playing very, very well, despite a shaky start at the AHL level. I think playing last year in the NHL has certainly helped him. I know that he said in some of his post-game interviews that he really likes playing in front of the home crowd, that it energizes him and that he thinks it makes him play better, which definitely makes sense. I think that that's a true aspect in any sport. I mean, home field advantage, home ice advantage is a very, very real thing. And, and to get you know the support of the fans, especially fans like Dallas Stars fans who are very passionate and energized night in and night out, that, that had to have been a huge burst of energy for Jake Ottinger going into that game against Detroit. And I think that that carried over to the game against St. Louis as well. So absolutely love that. Uh, Dallas is, continues to be in a weird predicament with their goalies. Braden Holtby has been battling an injury, and Anton Hudobin has been kind of inconsistent this season. Also been recently battle, battling some non-COVID-related illnesses. So I'm not really sure what the coaching staff will decide to do going forward with the goalies with Ottinger playing well, with Holtby playing well at one point, with Hedobin kind of playing well at times, but also not playing well at other times. Uh, I would personally love to see Jake Ottinger continue to be at the NHL level, continue to to get minutes and and see what he can do. Uh, because will he probably play the way that he's been playing for the rest of the season if he stays at the NHL? Probably not. But I think as of this moment, you kind of have to feed the hot hand. Uh, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. As long as he's going to continue to play well, I would love to see Jake Ottinger stay in the goalie rotation for the Stars because I think he just brings a nice energy to the team. Uh, and, and I would just love to con continue to see him get to develop his game here at the NHL level, along with some of the other young stars on this team. Coming up next to close out the show, we will take a moment to talk about uh, a roster adjustment that happened on Sunday afternoon, as well as just some other things in regards to Rick Bonus and coaching in general that I haven't really addressed in full on the podcast just yet. But before we do all that, I do want to take a moment and say thank you to another sponsor of today's episode, and that is Built Bar. It is finally the week of Thanksgiving here in the United States, and I'm so very excited. Thanksgiving always means delicious food is going to be on the table. Very, very excited for this time of year. But maybe if you're like me or, or like several other people around this time of year, you want something that's yummy for dessert, but you want something that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, you can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. And that something is a built Bar. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end more often than not. Most built Bars are only 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut built Bar or go for a raspberry built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. 
Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. And so if Thanksgiving isn't quite coming fast enough for you this week, if you're just chomping at the bit to get some of that delicious Thanksgiving food, be sure to go grab a Built Bar. It'll help tide you over until you get to Thursday. And also be sure to be on the lookout on Built Bar's website on Black Friday. I can't give too much away. It's supposed to be a surprise, but Black Friday will be huge on Built.com. And you can go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. And to close out today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day, I want to take a moment and just talk about the current state of the Stars. They did make a roster adjustment on Sunday afternoon. And also just want to take a moment to address kind of the, the Rick Bonus predicament situation, if you will, uh, with my voice here on the show and not just on social media. But to start things off, on Sunday afternoon, Dallas did recall Tanner Caro from the Texas Stars and resign, reassign, excuse me, Riley Tufty to the AHL. He will be going back to Cedar Park to play for the Texas Stars. And I feel like most fans are pretty indifferent about the return of Caro. That's certainly how I feel. He has been a pretty much non-factor for this team through most of this season. Uh, would really like to see Blake Como come back, and I'm sure most people uh, feel that way as well. But it looks like that's not going to be happening at least for the time being, we'll see how that continues to play itself out. But Tanner Caro coming back to the NHL roster, Riley Tufty going back to the AHL roster to play with the Texas Stars in Cedar Park. I do wish that Tufty had a better time in his brief stint here in the NHL. Uh, we all know what transpired on Thursday against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, basically, if you don't know, uh, if you're not on social media and not really following the situation, Riley Tufty is from Minnesota, grew up a Minnesota Wild fan, going to Minnesota Wild games with his family and his friends, uh, and had bought a bunch of tickets for his friends and family to come to Thursday's game to get to see him play because the plan was for him to play because it seemed like there were going to be a few guys on the Stars roster that were going to be unable to play due to either illnesses uh, to, off the top of my head, I cannot remember why some guys were going to have to miss. I believe Tyler Sagan was one of them with maybe a non-COVID-related illness. But nonetheless, Riley Tufty was very excited. He had been interviewed before the game, uh, morning skate and whatnot. Very, very excited to play in front of his family and friends in an arena that has meant so much to him, playing against a team that means so much to him. But ultimately, at the end of the day, after Bonus found out that some of his guys would be available, he scratched Riley Tufty as a healthy scratch, uh, which you know made fans pretty pretty upset and rightfully so. Uh, and I know I took to Twitter after the game. A lot of people were upset and calling for bonus to be fired, which isn't anything new. But to me, it looked like people were wanting bonus fired specifically for not playing Riley Tufty. Which at the moment when I was saw, seeing those things, I was more upset that the Stars had lost seven to two, and at that moment was unaware that Tufty had bought tickets for his family and friends and spent a good amount of his own money on those tickets. Uh, I'm unsure of how much, but I'm sure, you know, NH, it's, if you've ever bought a ticket to an NHL game are not very cheap, especially if you're buying for a ton of people. Um, so now that all the details have been brought to my attention, and I know that is an, a terribly awful move by the coaching staff and Rick Bonus. Uh, I, I truly do hate that for Riley Tufty. I wish that that could have transpired better. I know a lot of you guys feel the exact same way. Uh, and I know a lot of people are continuing to push for Rick Bonus to be fired as the head coach of the Dallas Stars. Um, which I'm still not 100% there myself, but definitely getting closer and closer to there because here's the tough reality. Here's here's how I'm seeing things. is that As of right now, Rick Bonus's contract will end after this season. So I feel like unless something terrible happens, whether he he does something out of line or is, is uh, 
you know, behaving inappropriately, similar to the the Montgomery situation in the 2019-2020 season, um, or unless the Stars just like lose their next 20 games, I can't envision Rick Bonus getting fired. Uh, I, I imagine, you know, if the season continues to fold out the way it has with a lot of inconsistency uh, and the lows being very low and the highs being high, but the highs not coming very often, I can imagine Rick Bonus not getting brought back at the end of the season, but something totally out of the ordinary, something awful, something super drastic would have to happen for him to get fired in my eyes. I mean, of course, you know, the world of sports is weird and things can change at the snap of a finger. So it could happen, but that that's just how I'm seeing it. Um, I also just can't imagine that changing coaches right now is going to change a whole lot for this team. You know, I, I think coaching is definitely an aspect of, you know, where blame can be assessed so far this season. I'm not denying that by any stretch of the imagination. Bonus has not coached this team perfectly, but I, unless they just have someone within the organization that they've just been keeping as an ace in the hole or someone that they've been keeping in their back pocket or someone they know they can bring in that's just going to turn things around instantly. I, I just don't think making a coaching change is going to just push this team from being, as of right now, mediocre at best to, you know, playing like one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, and so as as bad as it sounds, I think at, at this moment in time, the best thing to do is to just write things out and see how things unfold. I, I think that Bonus knows that he made a mistake on Thursday with the whole Tuffy situation. I think he knows that obviously he fumbled the bag for a loss of better terms, uh, not a very professional term, but that, that's definitely what happened. Uh, I, I don't think that he's necessarily lost the locker room. I know some people would, would want to believe that um, with a move like that, that now the locker room is not behind him. Uh, there might be guys that, you know, have maybe their perspectives on him have changed a little bit. Uh, and, and I guess I, I can see I can understand why it's just hard for me. And I think for anyone else not in that locker room to know how everyone feels about the coach. I mean, we can make assessments off things that are said or the way that guys look or act or behave while they're on the ice or when it, wherever else they're seen. Um, but unless we're in that locker room with these guys, it's hard for us to know how they truly feel about the situation. But obviously, you have to imagine that a lot of the guys on the team felt bad for Riley. Um, and there might have been some bitter feelings toward the coach uh, in that moment. But I, I think this team as a whole, especially the guys in the Edmonton bubble, are so close knit, especially from that time in the bubble all the way through last season. This team has been through a lot. And Bonus has been the head coach of that and been the leader of these guys for better or for worse. He's made a lot of mistakes. I'll be the first to acknowledge that. I imagine that he would probably acknowledge that as well. Uh, I hope that he would acknowledge that. Um, but as unfortunate as it is, I know many people are un unsatisfied with the coaching job that he has done so far this season. I wouldn't hold your breath on him getting fired unless something crazy happens. Not saying that I want him to stick around long term, but that's just the reality of it. So don't shoot the messenger. That's just me giving you how giving you what I think is going to happen with this whole situation in my mind. So take for it what you will. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. Uh, and we will see what happens. I think it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out as we continue to ride this out through this season, especially over these next few games against some really, really stacked competition in Edmonton and Colorado. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Stars. Thank you again for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Be sure to subscribe and follow the Locked On Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, as well as on YouTube. Absolutely free. Cost you nothing to subscribe and follow the show. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well, at Dane, double underscore Lewis. That's at D-A-N-E, two underscores L-E-W-I-S. You can also follow the show on Twitter, 
at Locked On Stars. Thank you guys again for all the follows, likes, retweets, uh, reviews for you know these you guys that like what you hear on your favorite podcasting platform. Feel free to leave a review if you do enjoy what you hear. But thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be right back here tomorrow with a preview of Dallas matchup with the Edmonton Oilers. So be sure to tune in for that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Stars.